Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are. Leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Thank you for listening to the Martinis and the Macabre podcast. This show contains graphic content and explicit language and is intended for adults. Listener discretion is advised. excited okay for what because we're getting a new house woo yeah move in in two months yeah this awesome. is gonna be awesome and the fridge is amazing it's got like a screen on it and shit yeah it is good stuff so we got that yep and in may we hit two huge milestones we reached 3,000 downloads in one month, and 10,000 total downloads. Thank you, guys. That is absolutely amazing to me. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's flooring. But yeah. no thanks to, um, what was it, Idaho? Idaho and North Dakota. What's going Where on? are you guys at? That's so weird. There's not, no not one. one person. I hear crickets when I look up where we're being downloaded at. Those are the only two holdout states in the U.S. We'll get Meanwhile, ya. we got a download from uh, Dubai Yeah. this past week, the United Arab Emirates, and Indonesia. But not Joe from Idaho. Yeah. That rhymed. <laughs> so, but thank you seriously to everyone who listens and downloads and shares and supports us in any way possible. We do this without any... Big backers, we don't have a Patreon or ads, and you guys, this means so much to us. I never thought we would reach 10,000 total, let alone 10,000 in less than six months. Yeah, the look on your face was great. (laughs) I could not get the smile off of my face that night. (laughs) So, once again, thank you to everyone. We so tremendously appreciate it, and... um. I want to start reading some of our reviews at the end of the episode. So I know it's a pain in the butt and I'm going to just throw this out there right at the beginning. If you guys could please spare some time, get on iTunes and leave us a review and a rating. It would mean so much in spreading the word to other potential listeners and maybe bring in a little more dark humor to the rest of the world. <laughs> yeah. Or Stitcher. You can go to Stitcher, too. Yep. Stitcher. Where, wherever you get your podcast from, if there's a, a possible way of rating or reviewing, if you could do that, it would mean so much. But we, we right now, all of our reviews are five stars. So 
We must be doing something right. <laughs> so I don't need to ask how you're doing today. You're doing good? I am excellent. Awesome. Yeah. And I got a $50 reimbursement on a medical bill. So there's that. Yeah. Been a pretty good week. Yep. <laughs> 50 bucks, an excellent fridge, and an excellent house. And all of you guys listening and downloading. Couldn't make for a better week. Yeah, it's been pretty nice. It has. So, what are we talking about tonight? Paper Street Soap Company, it would seem. We're going to talk about some soap. Soap. We've got two different stories revolving around soap. How is that possible, you may ask? Well, we're going to tell you. <laughs> first, it's gross. Yeah, a little bit. The first uh, topic we're going to cover tonight is the Lady of the Lake. That sounds like a, like a M. Night Shyamalan movie. You know, like Lady in the Water? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or Lady in White. That oh, I'll never like that movie. Well, this was a woman's body who floated to the surface of Lake Crescent in Olympic National Park in Washington State in the summer of 1940. And she was dubbed the Lady of the Lake. When they found her, she had been wrapped in blankets and hogtied with heavy rope. And what made this case especially macabre was the condition of the body. Because although the woman's face was unrecognizable, the body hadn't decomposed. And if you're anyone who knows anything about decomposition and a body being in the water, I don't know if any of you have ever seen a bloater. That's typically what happens. Skin starts slipping off. They get real puffy. The eyes bug out. This lady didn't have any of that. Instead her body had turned into a soap-like substance, similar to a waxy putty. And her middle name was Dial, and that's where we get the name. The more you know. Hmm. Even if it's not true. I lied. <laughs> I lied about everything. You're, you're good at that. Man, I wonder, like, that... So, okay. So, Okay. So. Does that mean... Okay, so... <laughs> if you have a dead body in the lake, it's essentially dead people's stew. Mm-hmm. But if the body turned into soap, is that the cleanest lake? <laughs> is that like jumping into a bath? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> like, if you puke and you... Like when you see the body and you puke and it gets on your hands, can you use the body to wash your hands? Uh, I mean, technically, I guess you probably could. (laughs) Well, biologically, no. (laughs) She was tied up. She's the weirdest soap on a rope that's ever (laughs) existed. (laughs) She bobbed around on the water. Oh my god. It's like is isn't it um Dove the only one that like floats? Don't the rest like sink? I think yeah. Dove cuz I think it's got the buttermilk or something in there or something, I don't know. And um her. <laughs> the only two soaps. And, and this one. The only two soaps I've ever known in my life to float. <laughs> okay, so What if she smelled like lilacs? What if when you become soap you automatically <laughs> smell like lilacs? Not all soap smells like lilacs. Like, that dial gold, I can't stand the smell of that. That's disgusting. What, like, do you use to clean your skin for tattoos? Yeah. Yeah, that stuff smells That's, it's, like, got a chemical smell to it. It's nasty. 
oh, what we're going to do sometime maybe on our one-year anniversary of Martinis and the Macabre is I'm going to give Erica a tattoo on her back while she's recording. I'm going to see if, <laughs> how she could, like, I won't say a word during the entire podcast, but we're going to see how she holds up. And when were you going to break this news to me? What time is it? It's 8.01. <laughs> That's about it. Oh, Okay, okay. Do you think when they took Soap Lady in there and, like, washed her... Well, you know, you gotta, like, wash the body down at the quarters office and everything. Mm -hmm. Do you think when they did that, as soon as they walked back in, they started slipping and sliding all over the floor? <laughs> I could just see it. You know, the body laying there <laughs> on the the table and the doctor walks in just, whoa, and you just see legs fly up in the air. <laughs> like, you're hosing her down and she just starts to move off of the table because she's, she's soap. She's sudsy. She's sudsy. <laughs> they, were, they tried to get her out of the lake and she kept slipping out of her fucking ass. <laughs> oh my god. We're laughing at a dead person. Oh yeah. That's what we do. If I die, turn me in the soap. I'll turn you into something. Yep. Turn me in the soap. I'll try. I want to be all over you. <laughs> That's so disturbing. I want to get in your fucking eyes. <laughs> You're so weird. I could go on for days about Soap Lady. Oh, well, we haven't even gotten to, like, the breakdown of everything. So, the body was taken to Port Angeles, and a young medical student named Harlan McNutt examined it. <laughs> Nutty. McNutt. The upper part of the face, the nose, the upper lip... And her fingers were gone. <laughs> because the person that put her in the lake had a potty mouth. And he keep putting soap in her mouth. <laughs> oh my god. She was made of soap. <laughs> well, there was essentially no face or fingerprints to compare. And the flesh had turned into something closely resembling ivory soap, which McNutt described... Dr. Cavani, who also examined the body, stated... Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he probably did, but that was not quoted. He was quoted in saying, so where's the body and what's this big, huge fucking thing right here? <laughs> uh, did someone bring in some flowers? It smells like lilacs. <laughs> smells like a dead person dipped in lilacs. <laughs> that would be the worst smell ever. <laughs> oh, whew. so uh, he was, was soap. <laughs> Doctor Cavani was officially stated as saying, "I never saw a corpse just like this one. The flesh is hard, almost waxy, and this is actually a condition known as saponification. This resulted from the lake's minerals interacting with the fats in the woman's body." And the lake's near-freezing temperatures had helped to refrigerate the body for years. See, I need to put my glasses on. Not as a theory, but just so I could see. Because I'm looking at it right now, it's like minerals interacting with the farts in the woman's body. I saw that <laughs> and I was like, ha, 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 ha. That's why she floated. You would. Uh. <laughs> farts and soap? Are you kidding me? Best day ever. Well, once they got a good grip on her. 
An inspection and an autopsy were done. <laughs> After about 45 minutes of shenanigans, they finally got her... <laughs> It's going to be a world record for the largest largest bar of soap ever fucking made. Oh. It was a, she was she was soap. It's a dead body of soap. Oh. Okay. Oh, this is great. Okay. This is great. This was a person. Ten, Focus. 10,000 downloads, huh? Wow. Thanks, guys. So listen to our dumbasses. I'm sitting here like, one part of me is like, this is a human being. You need to stop. The other part of me is like, yeah, she's soap. <laughs> she's fucking soap. She's a mutant. <laughs> oh, okay. I won't say anything. Okay. Keep going until something funny pops in my head, then I'll say something. Oh, I'm sure. It'll just vomit right out of your mouth. <laughs> so uh, the autopsy was done. And there was bruising and discoloration to her neck and signs of extensive hemorrhage was noted to her chest. So from that, it was determined that she had been beaten and strangled. Now, there there were no way of identifying her with fingerprints. She did have a distinctive upper denture plate. A chart of the upper denture plate was made and advertised in professional journals to try and identify her. And it's amazing that this even happened, but... A dentist from South Dakota identified the plate as one he had made for a woman named Hallie Latham Illingworth. Man, how did he pick that one out? Yeah, of uh, this lady shows up in a lake in Washington State and is identified by a dentist in South Dakota on just chance that he came across this in a journal. Now, do you think that maybe the are they, are the, the ones who make dentures, are they dentists or are they... They're artists to me, but like, are you? Would you be considered an orthodontist or something like that? Um, no. The your official title is ditcher maker. I don't know what the title is called, but the dentist himself and the orthodontist himself or herself doesn't actually make them. But what I'm getting at is like, whoever can identify them, do you think they sign them? Like, if you're listening and you have a set of dentures, go ahead and pop them out and um, see if there's, like, I don't know, an initial carved in there. Steve was here. Inspected by number 42. Something. Or, like, you know, like a watermark. <laughs> I'm I, sure somebody leaves their mark somehow. There has to be, like, one of the one of the teeth is kind of different. Well, and I'm sure back in the 40s, the dentist did make them themselves or they had someone close in their office that made them. I mean, nowadays, they do the bite impression and send it off to a company that actually makes them. You know, speaking of dentures, I saw a picture of George Washington's actual wooden, you know, dentures. Really? Stuff and nightmares. They were still around? They hadn't rotted? No, they are in a museum, yeah. They're being held up by two little poles holding, like, the top and bottom on mm-hmm. the sides. Yeah, and you can see them, and it's just, it's just, it's just awful. It's just it's how so awful is it? Pretty bad. Oh wait, were you setting me up for? Oh, I, I, I was just. They were, how awful is they, it? They were dirty. Hmm. Yeah, if you could take a Haley Lethem Illingsworth's toe and just <laughs> give it a Scrub fucking once down. over, <laughs> knock some of the dirt off of it. <laughs> oh, 
it's great. Like it's it's creepy to look at, and then like you're like, oh, that wasn't somebody's fucking head. So they're like, and it's like the the, the George Washington of all people, you know. It is like I can just see him like I'm promoting you to corporal, and the person's like, ah. I wonder if he ever got termites. Ooh, I wonder. Ew. I wonder if his tongue got splinters. Ew. Right? Yeah. I wonder if his wife's clit Ooh. got splinters. Yeah. Uh. I'm sorry, Mrs. Washington. I'm sure he probably took him out to gum away at her. <laughs> she probably wanted it like that, too. <laughs> Take out the teeth, George. <laughs> oh, my God. And now we've gone to insulting past presidents. <laughs> Ooh, girl, you dirty. <laughs> we we just hit them all. Present, past, hell, maybe even future one of these days. She turned in the soap. <laughs> this is just a kooky Ooh. episode of RTDZ Here we go again. Okay. So, oh, before we, there it, it is, that vomit. This is, this is something interesting <laughs> I read. Is um, I forget who it is. I'm, I'm sure listeners probably know, but there's a guy... On TV, it's like a reality show. I want to say it's like one of those home makeover shows or something like that. And one, of the, this kind of made me think of it is this person was watching TV and was like, "Oh, look at that guy's neck!" And then like kept calling the studio, and calling the studio. It's like, "Hey, I need to speak to this whoever the guy was, the host or whatever." And finally got to like his assistant or something like that. And he was like. And the person on the phone was like, hey, he's got a bump on the side of his neck. He's got cancer. That's a tumor. I know. And then he did. He, did. he, oh. like, he like had throat cancer. And that's how he found out. Shit. was from a viewer looking at it and catching it and calling. They're like desperately trying to get a hold of him. And yeah, he's alive to this day. He's perfectly fine. He owes his life to that viewer. Wow. Yeah. Another one was uh, like a news reporter who like the way the light, like she or he was doing a report at night. And you know, at night the, the camera has a light and... Um, it hit the eye a certain way, and one of the viewers called him was like, "Hey, that's a cataract that. that she needs to get lasered out." And mm-hmm. this I remember neat. you telling me that one. So, with this dentist guy, I'm like, "Sure, it could happen." <laughs> it did. We're reading about it, but I'm saying it's you know, just I get it. the chances of him actually picking up that journal from what would that be like two states away, three states away? Yeah, and seeing what he created. And be like, hmm, I know that. <laughs> Just remarkable that, that this even came together. That was my finest work. <laughs> hmm. Cleanest dentures on the fucking planet. <laughs> Shut up. Get it? I got it. She was soap. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> okay, so the soap was Hallie. That's who we're talking about here. Person, Billy. Billy. Uh, what? <laughs> Chugging his beer. (laughs) So, Hallie was a Port Angeles waitress and was married to a beer truck driver named Monty Illingworth. Monty! Python. Beer. They had been married on June 16th of 1936. Words. And Hallie had disappeared in December of 1937, only a year and a half later. The marriage was volatile, and the couple had gotten into a fight just five months into the marriage that was so fierce the police were called to break it up. He was noted as saying, Bitch, I hope you die and turn in the fucking soap. <laughs> and then she was like, You're fucking crazy. 
That, right. that's a, that doesn't happen. He goes, watch this. Hold my beer. Hold my beer. So Hallie would often show up at work with bruises or black eyes. Talking about, I fell down. <laughs> and sometime before the morning of December 22nd of 1937, Hallie disappeared. Monty told friends that Hallie had run off with a man from the Navy. Because, you know, that's just what happens. She ran off with the guy from the Navy. Yeah. You know, nobody probably said shit at first, too, because they're like, oh, good, she probably got her shit together and fucking got away. <laughs> put it in a backpack. <laughs> yeah. Get your shit together. Gold star if you know that. Okay, so months went by, and Hallie's family and friends, you know, hmm, they hadn't heard from her. Isn't it like 48 fucking hours? Isn't it? Well, that's what it is now. Yeah, well, you know, you think, oh, well, if she ran off with some guy, she'd at least call us, but... Just say, hey, I'm with a guy. Yeah. But nothing happened, of no course. No phone call saying I'm not soap, that's for sure. <laughs> Monty up and moved to California with a woman he had reportedly been seeing romantically before Hallie disappeared. He filed for divorce five months after she supposedly ran off, but on grounds of, quote, incompatibility and not desertion. If she ran off and deserted you, why are you filing for divorce under incompatibility? Can you... How does that work? Like she's if, soap. If you... <laughs> she's soap. <laughs> They're incompatible. It's gross. <laughs> but, like, if... Say you ran off, and can I file for... Don't you have to sign the paperwork? Mm. And so, like, if you run off and never come back, and I want to divorce you and marry somebody else, does... Can I... Can I not? Do I have to say, stay married to you? How does that work? I don't know how the laws were back then, but I would assume if... I'm talking about, like, next Tuesday, like, just the law in general. I don't know if there's, like, a statue of time that has to pass where the person can't be found. Hmm. I know there's a way that you can. There has to be. I mean, like, if somebody falls into a coma... Yeah. You know, and someone divorces them. They've been in this coma for three years, and they're like, I need to move on with my life. There has to be a way. I guess. But the cops found all of... Don't run off. It sounds like a lot of fucking paperwork. Just uh, stick I'll... it out. You know I don't run. Come on now. <laughs> Actually, Billy and I have been going to the gym and trying to diet and working on ourselves. So that's another plus for this week, too. Yeah. This has been a good year. <laughs> this has been a good year. Much better than 2016. Uh, and 15 and 14 and 13 and 12. <laughs> August 11th, 1981. <laughs> From then on, downhill, buddy. Hey, now, you met me and we got married and we had kids. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's all of it. That's it. <laughs> well, of course, the cops found all of this information suspicious that... You know, this woman just up and ran off and never contacted anybody. And I bet it was too late for motherfuckers to say tuberculosis. <laughs> Could have happened. Yeah, 1940. It was probably tapered down by then. So, investigators... Oh, and I I did want to point out, she was found in 1940, but she disappeared in 1937. So, it took her being in that cold lake for three years to turn soapy. Ew. Investigators tracked Monty to Long Beach, California, where he ran off with the sussy. And he was arrested on... <laughs> what? God. 
He was seeing the woman before his wife, quote-unquote, disappeared. I know, but man, you kind of gave her both barrels. She probably didn't have anything to do with it when we'd be put in the lake and be turned into fucking well, She had something to do with uh, messing with her husband. Well, yeah, but, I mean, didn't have anything to do with her. She might have, I don't know, but... He ran off with his hussy. <laughs> his hussy? His <laughs> hussy! Yeah, you're funny. His whore, slut? Whoa, good uh, God, man. What do you want me to say? Woman. With his woman. Who's not so Air quotes. She ain't soap, so she's living. She's 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 winning at life. She's doing know, a lot she's better. She's womanly. Doing a lot better than that Hallie woman. Oh, because she's soap. Soap. Um, some, they tracked Monty down, and he was arrested on October 26th of 1941. He was charged with murder and brought back to Port Angeles. His trial began February 24th of 1942, which was two years after she was found. In Clallam, I hope I'm saying that right, Clallam County Superior Court. And it was so sensational that its coverage competed with news from the fronts of World War II. Could you imagine being in Bastogne in a fucking foxhole and a guy from the next foxhole was like, Hey! Hey! Some bitch turned a soap! <laughs> what are you talking about? That, ain't you from Washington? Yeah? You guys turned the soap? What? No! Totally misunderstood that headline. <laughs> Are you watching the line? <laughs> Let's change. We'll talk at lunch. God damn. Point your gun that way. <laughs> so, Monty's defense stated that the woman found in the lake was not Hallie and that he swore she was still alive when he saw her. That is a pretty good defense, actually. If there's no fingerprints, half their face is fucking gone. There's nothing to really identify her. The only True. thing you know, the only thing you're a hundred fucking percent on is there's a lot of soap right in front yeah, of you. Yeah, but his only de- way to defend himself is like, that ain't her. That ain't her. It's a good defense to have. <laughs> well, the dentist from South Dakota was a credible witness, and he insisted that the dental plate found on the woman was the one he had made for Hallie. But the rope was the key evidence. Oh. Ooh, the plot thickens. Monty had borrowed 50 feet of rope from a storekeeper at the lake, and remnants of the rope were still at the store. Why did he borrow? I mean, like, he ain't gonna give it back. Well, I guess technically he gave it back as soon as that bitch popped up, right? (laughs) Well, he probably went in and said, hey, can I borrow some rope? And then just never went back and gave the rope back. Yeah. If he's gonna kill his wife, he's probably gonna steal some rope. (laughs) Just my thought. Why not? I mean, fuck, you're (laughs) you're already breaking the law. Well, the rope that was still at the store, the fibers matched the rope found on Hallie's body. He was charged with murder and shoplifting. (laughs) The jurors took just four hours to reach their verdict of guilty of second-degree murder. They were unable to determine that he actually premeditated it. It took four hours because it only took, like, 20 minutes to come to the verdict, but, like, the rest of the time was spent laughing at the fact that a person turned into a bar of fucking soap. (laughs) He was sentenced to life imprisonment at the Washington State Penitentiary in Walla Walla. He ended up serving only nine years and was paroled in 1951. <laughs> nine years for killing your wife, wrapping her up with rope, and throwing her in a lake. Damn. And running off with your hussy. Hussy. 
you know, going over this, this made me think of, I, I don't know if you guys think about it, but, like, you know when you're traveling on, like, the highway or interstate or whatever, and you Get see... Get on the highway! Like that, yeah, sure, sure. And, um, traveling down the highway, and you're, and, like, to your right is a bunch of wooded area. Do you ever stop and think, like, am I driving past a dead body? Or you drive past a lake, and you're like, there's gotta be at least one dead body in there. Yeah. Statistically, we've driven past a dead body. We've had to have. Well, I mean, if you think about it, our whole world where there's land is just a big graveyard. Yeah, I know. But, I don't know. Just something I thought of. But freshly deceased. That's what I'm talking about, yo. Yeah. Okay. Good talk. There's been times. Like, hmm may have to remember this for when I kill my husband later. I get it. <laughs> Just kidding, honey. I love you. Love you, too. Just... Just don't go anywhere. I don't want to have to do paperwork. <laughs> That's all you're concerned about, huh? Yeah. I've only got one good pen. <laughs> you can always buy more. So you're, already making, you're already putting me out. <laughs> okay. So, case number two. It's a little more devious. This one's weird. <laughs> We're going to talk about Leonardo Cianciulli, the soap maker of Correggio. Good pronunciation. Thank you. I don't know if it's correct, but I'm going to go with it. Nice. I don't speak Italian. So, Leonardo was an Italian woman who killed three women as sacrifices between 1939 and 1940. And turn their bodies into tea cakes and soap. <laughs> this was the time in the world's history where people turned to soap. <laughs> 30s and 40s, that's it. There was a lot of saponification going on. Yeah. Saponification, see? Saponification, meh. Meh. Soap. It's <laughs> a little bit of history here. Leonardo was born in 1894 in Montella, Italy, a product of her mother's rape. Wow, 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 wow. Wow. Her mother didn't love her. Wow, wow, wow. And Leonardo attempted suicide twice while still a young girl. Wow, wow, wow. Wow. This is shitty. So she had it pretty bad. I'd say probably even worse than Catherine Knight. Yeah, I tell you, no matter what Leonardo does for the rest of her life, it's like, well, I get it. <laughs> she, she had it pretty bad. Yeah. I'm not excusing anything she does, but it's like, well, it kind of makes it was, understandable. This was written. This, she was she was destined it, to do what she's going to do. It, exactly. Yeah, something was going to happen. Yeah, you don't do this and, and then write a kids book. You don't. It's like when you're getting ready to pop a balloon. And you kind of wince and wait because you don't know when it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. And then she just pops. And then, like, and then, then soap those. goes everywhere. <laughs> oh Well, even though she was a product of rape and her mom didn't love her and she tried to commit suicide, she found love. And in 1917, she married Raphael Pensardi, a registry office clerk. And her parents had planned for her to marry another man. So, they didn't approve. Oh, shock. Why they cared, I don't know. Yeah. Because, obviously, shock. her mother didn't love her. Mom's so. mad at her? What? 
But Leonarda claimed that it was then that her mother cursed them. That was when she was cursed. Mm. Okay. Yeah, she was cursed then. Mm. The Everything couple... else was just happenstance before. Yeah, it was just stuff. Yeah. The couple moved several times, and while in Lacedonia, don't know if that's right. So far, you are killing it with the pronunciations. <laughs> In 1930, an earthquake destroyed their home. I just, I don't even know what to say. Just that's, another fucking nail in your coffin. Just fucking blows. Just, that's, that's where you throw your hands in the air and you're just like, fuck it! Just fuck it, dude! Yeah, but it was the curse, you know? I mean, what were they going to do? They were cursed. So, uh, after the earthquake destroyed their lovely little home they were trying to make together. They moved to Correggio and Leonardo opened a small shop and became quite popular. She was considered nice, gentle, and a, quote, doting mother. She had 17 pregnancies throughout the marriage. Good God, man. But lost three to miscarriage. Aw. Another 10 died in their youth. Hold on a second. Stop laughing, you dick. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> yes. I mean, my God. So read, the, read that sentence again. She had 17 pregnancies throughout the marriage, but lost three to miscarriage. <laughs> and another 10 died in their youth. That's so awful. What? Seriously, does this you woman have like the worst luck? You can't help but laugh in history. I bet if, uh, if, if, even if it was her, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> your kid just died. You're just like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> of course. Really? Really? <laughs> so of course, um, out of her seventeen, that only left her four. Which she was heavily protective of. No shit. (laughs) She had reportedly went to a fortune teller earlier in life and was told that she would marry and have children, but that all of the kids would die young. (laughs) So, uh, she tried hard to make sure that the other four stayed alive. And that is why (laughs) she invented... (laughs) The leash for kids. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, the swaddler you put on, you carry kids in. That was her. She had four of them. She carried them until they were 32. <laughs> she had one on the front, one on the back, and one on each leg. They all wore cowbells. So she knew where they were at all fucking times. The house was all one room. She knocked down all the fucking walls. So she, could, she could see him at all times. Smartest bitch in the world because she went to school with those kids and made sure nothing happened. She went through the fourth grade four times. <laughs> oh, that's awful. On top of this, she also reportedly went to a palm reader who said, quote, In your right hand I see prison, in your left a criminal asylum. And she took these superstitions to heart. (laughs) 
Oh, wow. So, let's get to the murders. Woo! Yay! In 1939, she learned that her eldest son, Giuseppe, was going to join the Italian army in preparation for World War II. Giuseppe's a fucking idiot. I'd have beat the shit out of Giuseppe. <laughs> well, this was her favorite child, even though you're not supposed to have a fucking favorite, but whatever. And uh, So she enlisted, so she could keep an eye on him. <laughs> She made all the kids on this, too. Like, fuck it, we're all going. No, no, no. She did something much more rational, okay? Oh, okay. She came to the conclusion that his safety, as well as the safety of her other children, required four human sacrifices. <laughs> it was reported that Leonardo claimed to be a fortune teller herself, and her victims were all neighbors that visited her for her help in that aspect, so she could tell their futures i think she was just talking out of her fucking ass why would you go to a fortune teller if you knew if you were a fortune teller <laughs> that's fucking stupid <laughs> well i don't know i'm not a fortune teller myself maybe they can't see their own it's like you're a cop looking into your wife you're going to the cops for your wife's disappearance and then you got it conflict of interest i don't I, I don't know <laughs> stupid so <laughs> the first victim was faustina seti she visited Leonardo and was given a glass. What? You're chuckling. Faustina must have been the most confused victim in the world because as she was dying, she's like, I want my kid to be safe. And you're like, what? Why? I didn't have anything to do with this. Why are you hurting me then? She visited Leonardo I'm and. I'm doing this because I love my kid. Like, what? She was given a glass of drugged wine. And then axed by Leonardo. She dragged the body to a large closet, cut the body into nine parts, collecting the blood in a basin. Leonardo would later write a memoir while in prison titled An Embittered Soul's Confession, in which she described what happened. I threw the pieces into a pot, added seven kilos of caustic soda, which I I have to say that was a pretty good podcast. What? S Caustic soda. Oh. Seven kilos of caustic soda, which I had bought to make soap, and stirred the mixture until the pieces dissolved in a thick, dark mush that I poured into buckets and emptied in a nearby septic tank. As for the blood in the basin, I waited until it had coagulated, dried it in the oven, ground it and mixed it with flour, sugar, chocolate, milk, and eggs, as well as a bit of margarine, kneading all the ingredients together. I made lots of crunchy tea cakes and served them to the ladies who came to visit, though Giuseppe and I also ate them. Mm, yummy. Some sources say Leonardo received Seti's life savings of 30,000 lire. Yeah, that's money. Yep. You know how I learned that? Assassin's Creed. <laughs> See? Video games are educational. I love video games. <laughs> So, victim number two was Francesca Soavi. Leonardo claimed to have found this victim a job at a school for girls in Piacenza. You're really good. You're getting good at this. Hey, thanks. She was killed on September 5th of 1940, the same way as Seti. Her body was then given the same treatment as Seti's, and Leonardo reportedly obtained 3,000 lire from her. Somebody's a baller, yo. Okay, you could do it. Virginia K. 
Cacioppo. Hey! That sounds about right, right? Sounded good to me. Cacioppo? C-A-C-I-O-P-P-O. She visited Leonardo on September 30th of 1940. She was murdered the same way as the other two, but her body was melted to make soap. Leonardo's statement, She ended up in the pot like the other two. Her flesh was fat and white. When it had melted, I added a bottle of cologne, and after a long time on the boil, I was able to make some most acceptable creamy soap. I gave bars to neighbors and acquaintances. The cakes, too, were better. That woman was really sweet. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Hannibal Lecter would love horrible. her. horrible. <laughs> she reportedly received 50,000 lire and assorted jewels from Virginia. Damn. We're in the wrong business. <laughs> so she was one short. Because after this, Cacioppo's sister-in-law became suspicious of her sudden disappearance and had last seen her entering Leonardo's house. So she reported this to the superintendent of the police in Reggio Emilia, who opened an investigation. Leonardo was arrested shortly thereafter due to forensic evidence. What forensic evidence? Um, her house is probably covered in blood and guts. She did dismember all these women in her house. Yeah. I'm thinking, man, turn her into soap and food, so like, what's left? But, okay. <laughs> She was arrested because of the forensic evidence. But she got the last laugh because she offered the cop cookies. <laughs> Here, have a tea cake while you wait. <laughs> Please, have a look around. Try some of these. They're scrumptious. <laughs> Absolutely delicious. They're called virgin tarts. <laughs> that was good. Thank you. <laughs> so, she was arrested, but she did not confess... Until police began questioning her son, considering him as an accomplice. She then broke down and gave detailed accounts, denying any involvement from her son. She was tried in Reggio Emilia in 1946 and was unrepentant, even correcting officials' accounts at times. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, she would like stand up in court and be like, no, you have that wrong. It went like this. She was found guilty, of course and sentenced to 30 years in prison and three years in an asylum. She died in the Women's Criminal Asylum in Pazuli on October 15th of 1970 from a stroke. So I guess that palm reader was kind of right, saying he saw a criminal asylum in one hand and prison in the other. Yeah. Good um, job, dude. Something really interesting, though, is that a number of artifacts from the case are actually on display at the Criminological Museum in Rome, including the boiling pot that was used to boil the victim's flesh. Yeah, I bet that pot stinks. Mm-mm. Finger licking good. Tea cakes and soap. That's Man. a crazy bitch. Yeah. So the I human wonder, body is capable of so much. Do you think she still assumed that something was going to happen to one of her kids since she didn't get to kill four? Uh, it may be. Like, ah, uh, you did, you fool, you, the process is not complete, no. <laughs> now, how weird would it be if, like, during the trial, the son was shot and killed? <laughs> You're like, holy hell. I wonder if she had to repay all that money. I don't know. Pay it fucking... to the people that had to eat other people because they didn't know people were in their tea cakes. What if they turned into cannibals? 
They're like, this is what people taste like, and then... It's almost like an Elizabeth Bathory thing. Instead of bathing in blood, you're bathing in the soap of a dead body. Man. Can you imagine getting out of the shower nice and clean and eating tea cakes and thinking everything in life is great? Oh, God. Because I'm sure probably some of the people that ate the tea cakes got the soap, too. I'll I'll take a bath in a minute. These are so good. (laughs) That's so gross. But blood is actually a substitute for eggs. Yay! Yeah. You can actually Google that. if You you, can scramble blood. If you'd like to figure out how to cook with blood because of the similar protein compounds... In the two, it can be a replacement for eggs. Please don't do it. In baking. Please don't do it. Please don't. I'm just telling you. Just I swear to God, if I ever just get a, a fun fact. If I ever get a blood omelet, I'm fucking leaving. <laughs> and then you'll have a lot of paperwork. Yeah, I'm not saying you can replace an egg by itself. I hope not. Poached Billy. But if one were wishing to make a cake... And didn't have any eggs, but the annoying neighbor kid happened to come around. And you had some of those awesome cinnamon rolls that you usually take to your van. Uh Uh-huh. I'm with you. Things could happen, and you would end up with a cake. I'll leave that to your imagination. Somebody's on the something. Mm-hmm. That would be me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're going to have to cut this short so we could go to Walmart and get all the fucking ingredients to make my awesome cinnamon rolls so we can, I guess, get bloody eggs. I don't know what we're doing. What? (gasps) What? What is wrong with you thinking something like that? Don't say it while we're recording. Wait, that red light means we're recording. Yeah, that means don't say it. Please go to geekyclothing.com. Yes, go to (laughs) geekyclothing.com. Find... Uh, martinis in the cob merchandise and lots of new incredibly fun and awesome stuff tank tops hoodies phone phone cases cases, lots of good stuff coming out of geeky geeky clothing is g-i-k-i clothing.com and are the prices still reduced yep awesome so get them at some low low prices low prices uh, but the hoodies, they're just going to cost extra because they're hoodies. If you're, if you, if you go online and buy a hoodie and you're shocked that it's expensive, then I don't know, something's wrong with you. They're always yeah. expensive when you order them. Yeah. I can't help it's that. It's heavier material yeah. and oh, more material, do. so they're going to be a little more expensive. You'll have that. You can, um, follow us on Facebook and Instagram, uh, at Martinis and the Macabre, and on Twitter at Martini underscore Macabre. Billy tends to man the Twitter account, and I put all kinds of interesting, fun, horrible, hideous things on Facebook. Oh, and check out Instagram. Erica really is involved a lot with Instagram. Really? Really? (laughs) You're going to put that out there? Really? (laughs) You don't do shit on Instagram? (laughs) When do I have time to do shit on Instagram? I don't know. I don't do Instagram When I'm not researching and outlining and editing... You gotta call me out like that. Hey, we got a new follower on Twitter. Sweet. Gloria Mann, actor, writer, producer. Hey, Gloria. Hi, Gloria. What's up? Guess what I'm doing right now, Gloria? Hey. Gloria. (laughs) Thanks for the follow. 
and that automatically pops up on your automatic I, I type thanks for follow so much. <laughs> yeah, so if you follow us on Twitter, as soon as you do, you'll probably almost instantly get a message that says, hey, thanks for the follow. That's me typing to you. Yay, because we love you guys. Oh, and follow uh, Geeky Clothing on Twitter, too. Yeah. Good I do stuff. both. I do everything. And I found people are following me personally, and I don't get on my Twitter that often. And when I do, I usually just retweet other shit that people say. Because <laughs> I don't have a whole lot to say. We, we have, I talk a lot here, so don't I don't have, have any, to talk a lot there. We don't have any original thought. <laughs> I have original thought sometimes. Yep. I just choose not to put it out there because it may butt hurt people. You don't want that. <laughs> I'm conscientious about what I type. Oh, it's been pretty quiet this episode because we are lacking Peanut. He's spending the night over at his cousin's. You mean Nugget? Nugget. You don't even know our own son's I get code name? I get nicknames confused because Phaser was Peanut, right? Yeah, Phaser was Peanut. When he was little. Nugget He's is... here, but he's a hermit that lives in his room and has his computer finally finished. I don't know if we've shared that yet so far, but he finally got the last Up piece and, and got it finished. Yeah. So he's in there doing his computer thing, being absolutely silent. I think it's all good. I, I, don't, I, I support it because he spent a lot of time and a lot of hard work on that computer, so he should reap the you know the benefits of that. So yep. good and for he, him. You recently enjoying. sent me some new songs, so I'll be putting another one of those at the end of this episode. You can find him on SoundCloud. It's Phaser765, and that's with a P-H-A-Z-E-R, 765. He makes some truly amazing music, especially for someone his age. I, I love his music. There's a couple songs that I really, really love. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll be putting some new ones on there. And, like I said, SoundCloud for him, and also YouTube at Minimus Noah, or you can still search the Phaser765, he said, and it will link to his uh, new username. And, of course, we always have to welcome you guys to visit our website, which is martinisandthemacabre.com. I recently redid um, the episodes page on there. So it's got, for every episode, a picture of the subject that we covered on that episode. And when you click it, it will link you to the episode to listen to. You can also kind of see who we're talking about, so it gives you an idea. You can picture the person in your head then. Um, we have a contact page on there. Please email us with any questions, comments, um, likes or dislikes, um, suggestions for topics, and uh, we'll be sure and get back to you on that. Is there anything else we need to plug? I feel like we're forgetting something. Uh, Pond5. Uh, purpleplanet.com, jewelbeat.com, and pond5.com for music and sound effects for this episode. And I do want to take just a minute here and read a few reviews. Oh, while you're getting that ready, um, Sean, go ahead and put out there that since we are going to be moving, we might be out of the loop, we might not, we might record some, pre-record some, and, and schedule them to release when they're supposed to or something, but if we don't get around to it, I hope you'll forgive us because we're boxing stuff up <laughs> and, you know, moving, so... Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping us. to try and get ahead of the game and have some stuff already recorded, if not edited, and in the bag ready to go <laughs> while we're in the process. But hopefully everything will stay on track, and if nothing else, as I've said before, 
uh, even if it means I have to record, you know, a mini sewed by myself that's just 15, 20 minutes, I will do something to make sure that you guys get some type of um, product. So let's get on to our five star reviews. The first two on here, you've probably seen on our Facebook, if you follow us on Facebook, the large picture at the top is actually two of our reviews. The first one is titled Great by Make Me a Fan. Thank you guys. I enjoy the quote married banner between the host. It reminds me of my wife and myself. If you like dark, morbid topics, but you also like to laugh, this is the podcast for you. I am a fan. And that is the Make Me a Fan podcast. Great podcast. Yeah. So thank you guys for that. Next one is Fantastic Dark Humor by Film Roast Podcast, who we are dear friends with. Mm-hmm. Hannah and Julia. This show's production value is fantastic. I really like their intro and the music they use. I love their interview style and discussion of darker topics. There's a lot of morbid humor that I personally find fascinating and really entertaining. So if you are one that loves to laugh at the dark side of comedy, this podcast is for you. Thank you guys so much. Love your podcast. Um, I'll do two more. Great Fun by Roger Dodger 62 who happens to be Melissa from the last Ovation podcast. Thank you, dear. The material is dark, yes, but the style with which it is presented is so funny and the hosts are extremely likable. Highly recommended for the dark and twisted crowd with a great sense of humor. Thank you again, Melissa. And she is doing great. She's been... She's kicking ass. She is kicking ass with... I think she said she's close to 30,000 now. And the last one I'll read tonight is Fascinating and Authentic by I Ship It. This podcast by a macabre husband and wife team is fascinating and entertaining. A sure thing for listeners like us who are aging millennials who appreciate some murder, musings, and martinis. We'll be listening in as the show develops. Love. So thank you so much, Aisha, but that means a lot. Thank so, you. So once again, if if you could do anything to support us, just go on to iTunes or wherever you get your podcast and try and leave a rating or review for us, and we would appreciate it so much. Anything else? I got nothing. You want to go hop in the shower and soap up? I do now. <laughs> get all sudsy mm. with dead body soap. Dead people soap. Mmm. Dead people cakes. Yeah. Don't knock it till you try it. You tried it? No, that's why I'm not, I'm not knocking it. So, there you go. Okay. That's one way to be. Boom. The other way is to go. Ugh, that's fucking disgusting. Ah, <gasps> judgmental. Moment. Judge Judy. Over here. I could do an impression of Judge Judy. Let's say something. Something. Shut up. Shut up, you're stupid. I rule in flavor in favor of the plaintiff. There you go. That was mesmerizing. That was pretty good. I thought Judge Judy was sitting next to me. It was me this whole time. Wow. Yeah, dude. Hollywood, where are you? I think that's it for this episode. Hope you guys enjoyed. Please make sure to follow us. Visit our website. You guys take care, and we will see you in two weeks. Bye-bye. Bye.
Bye. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Atlas Butler is built to keep you comfortable, and our plumbing services are no exception. You can rely on Atlas Butler for trusted, convenient plumbing and drain service. Our expert plumbers and drain specialists can take care of anything, from a broken water heater to a clogged drain. Call today, get it fixed today. That's our pledge to you. 